I might not be able to change the day or the circumstances, but you don't have to do it alone. Welcome to Your Brain on Trauma, where we share science-based tools to heal from childhood traumas so you can let go of patterns that might be holding you back, have better relationships, and pass on a legacy that you're proud of. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. I'm a Harvard-trained psychiatrist, a trauma recovery coach, and a survivor myself. I'm super honored to have you here. I've got so much to share with you. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends. How are you today? How is the day going so far? You know, some days are sort of smooth and easy and It's kind of like you wake up and the weather just seems to work in your favor, right? You don't know why, you don't know how, but things seem to generally feel okay. And then there are other days, (laughs) those other days, when all the lights are red and everyone seems to be in a bad mood and things just seem crabby. And we're going to have both kind of days, a lot of both kind of days in this lifetime. And so I want to offer you that whatever kind of day you're having today, whether it's an easy one or a mixed one or a hard one, please know that you are not alone. I hope that just here, right here, right now, I hope you can feel my presence, my love, and my support. I might not be able to change the day or the circumstances, but you don't have to do it alone. So today I wanted to talk to you about what we call in my world and among my team and with our clients, we call it the unanswerable question, (laughs) right? It's an unanswerable question. And I was talking with one of our coaches, um, Dr. Erica Bove, who is amazing. We actually have three stellar coaches that help me coach our clients. All three of our coaches are physicians um, who are also coaches. And they're all amazing, amazing coaches, amazing human beings, kind, relatable, funny. (laughs) I really have the best team. Dr. Nirali Vaishnav, Dr. Kate Mangona, and Dr. Erica Bove. I love all of them. They are amazing. So I was talking with Dr. Erica Bove a few days ago, and she said that one of the concepts that she did one of our programs many, many years ago, I think it was like three, three plus years ago. And she said one of the concepts that she almost on a daily basis uses one of the tools that we teach that she has found so much use for and really um, sees our clients really benefiting from a lot is what we call the unanswerable question. So we were just unpacking that in one of our meetings and I thought it might be helpful for you, our podcast family, to learn of this concept too. So what is the unanswerable question? By definition, it is a question that comes up in your life and in your mind and in your emotions often, repetitively. There's a pattern to it, okay? And I'll give you examples of what that question might be 
and I can share my question as well. So this unanswerable question comes up when someone hurts our feelings or lets us down or disappoints us or doesn't do something that we had hoped for, right? All of those um, irritations and rubbing against another human being that happens as part and parcel of living with other human beings. We rub them, they rub us, sometimes, often, in ways that might poke at an earlier wound. They may not be even aware of it, but something someone says or does triggers a memory and thus a reaction from a younger part of us, an older memory. Sometimes we're not even aware of where that exact memory comes from. But nevertheless, we have a strong reaction because there is some sort of history associated, some meaning making that we have done with regard to what we are in relation to that event. So if someone doesn't return our text for a couple of days, for some of us, yeah, might not matter at all. We might be slightly annoyed, but we let it go. For someone else, that may be one of their triggers and it reminds them of having been forgotten or dismissed or neglected when they were younger. And so they have a stronger reaction to it and they make it mean that they are not worthwhile. They're unlovable, they're unworthy, something about them isn't fun enough, other people don't like me enough, don't want to hang out with me enough, right? And we all have such triggers. They may be different for you compared to your mom or your sister or your husband or your child, right? They likely are different, have a different flavor about them. And we often, when someone else is triggered by something that isn't a trigger for us, it seems like an overreaction, right? We're like, oh my gosh, let it go already. What's the big deal? But we also have certain things that provoke an extreme reaction within us. So when those triggers happen, we usually have a meaning-making that is repetitive. It's, it's a pattern. It comes up for us all the time. For me, for example, one of the things that happens when I feel distant or not really seen or known for a period of time from my spouse, if we've just been busy, right? There's just, there's not been any major conflict or anything, but it's just kind of like day in and day out, we're waking up, doing our work, taking care of the house, making dinner, falling into bed, fall asleep, and we just repeat it for a few days, a couple of weeks. The question that often comes up for me in my mind is, do I matter? For you, that same situation may elicit a question or may not. For you, it may be something else. And the question that it elicits in your mind may be something else as well. For some of our clients, um, a common question that comes up is, do I have to do everything for everyone else? Does anyone ever care enough to do something for me? Okay. Now, notice that the very nature of these questions makes the answer already, it's predetermined answer, right? It's not a genuinely curious question. I'm not saying, hmm, I really am wondering if I matter or not. The question has a predetermined answer. Do I matter? Of course I don't. I don't matter, right? That is the back and forth dialogue that immediately comes up in my mind when I feel distant or my feelings have been hurt 
in my intimate relationships, in my most closest relationships. This is helpful for me to know. I did not know this for a long time. And so for many years, I just believed what I was feeling or thinking or the questions that were coming in the dialogue going back and forth in my head, I would completely enmesh with and fully believe and get really, really worked up inside of myself, really agitated, really hurt, really ruminating and expanding and deepening the story that in this relationship, whatever the relationship happened to me at that time, I don't matter. I'm being taken advantage of or um, I am being overlooked. And I didn't recognize that because every time that trigger happened, the intensity of feelings that came up from way back in my past, when it came back in the present moment, it was so strong that I just believed it. And because I believed it and because of ruminating on it and expanding it and getting so worked up and wound up and agitated, I would then become reactive in some way. Oftentimes, my go-to reaction is to withdraw, right? Become kind of silent and sullen and withdrawn. Someone else may lash out. Maybe someone else becomes passive aggressive. Maybe someone else starts contemplating divorce, right? All of us have our go-to ways of showing our displeasure, right? Now, now that I know that this question gets provoked for me when I feel hurt and that when I get lost in it and believe it and enmeshed in it, then my reaction is to pull away. And guess what happens? It actually increases my loneliness, right? Because I'm pulling away, I'm being sullen, I'm being distant. And of course, then I feel more alone. And then I tell myself, see, I'm alone in this relationship. So my reaction actually strengthens my own storyline. You see how that's a downward spiral? It's really hard to get out of it. Once you know what your unanswerable question is, and why do we call it unanswerable, is because when I have that question, I might have a hundred examples or a hundred moments of evidence that I do matter. But that one moment where I'm doubtful if I matter, that one moment is the one that I will count. That's why it's unanswerable, because there's no amount of answering that life can do for you that will remove that question. See what I mean? The day might be going great and someone cuts you off in traffic, boom, the question comes up. Or the day is fine, it's going good, but your boss doesn't return your email or you say a cheery good morning to um, your colleague and they don't notice it or they just nod curtly and move along, boom, the question. Because life is unpredictable, even if there's one instance of that, that is what you will remember. And in that way, it is unanswerable for you meaning that life and other people cannot answer that, cannot satisfy that. It's kind of like a, a well that is so dry that even the few drops that is poured in by other people just sizzle and dry up really quickly and you're thirsty again. So the answer, it is answerable, it's just unanswerable by other people and by circumstances, right? Testing other people, testing circumstances is not going to give you the answer that you're seeking because you will use every situation 
to say, see, I knew it. So the only way to answer that is to actually go within, is to go within. And there's a process for doing that. Um, that is one of the things that I'm going to be really going deep in and teaching and coaching on during our live event that's happening in March. It's called The Clearing. It's a live online event, two, three-day event. And uh, the link is in the show notes if you want to check it out. But I think that's essential to know what is your unanswerable question. When does it get triggered? How do you react when that unanswerable question comes up? And how can you stop looking for other people and life circumstances to answer that adequately for you and instead recognize that the question is coming from within. It's actually not coming or created by circumstances coming from within us and we need to go in and do the work of answering it inside of us and learn the process of doing that. For today, I want to leave you with the question to ask yourself, what questions, what thoughts, what sort of refrain comes up in my mind when I get hurt or when I feel disappointed or when I feel angry, right? What is the story that often comes up? And see if you can deduce your unanswerable question from that and then ask yourself, how do I tend to react? Just that awareness will help you um, not get so quickly pulled in the next time, right? It'll give you a little space for next time. So with that, my dear friend, big hugs to you and I will see you next week. Ciao. Hi, my friend. If you found this episode helpful, come join us in our free Facebook group called Your Brain on Trauma. The link is in the show notes and there is a whole community there of women just like you who are on this sacred healing journey. We cannot heal in isolation. We need community. And that's what we have in our free Facebook group. I'll see you there.